Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Bloopcast Halloween episode. <laughs> okay, thank you, Skeletor, for opening our <laughs> Halloween special. But first, why are we called Bloopcast? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, indeed he do. Tonight, we are discussing the great gothic hero, the world's greatest detective, the enigmatic Dark Knight, Batman! Or specifically, Batman the Animated TV Show. At the end of our last episode, we said we were doing X-Men, the X-Men movie series. We did record it, but it ended up being about two hours long. Mm-hmm. And we wanted, we, <laughs> yeah, it's going, when it, that, it will be on its way to you, but it's going to have to be a two-parter. But we want to do something in time for Halloween, and Batman is slightly more Halloween esque than X-Men, so we're pushing this one forward. Pray for me, viewers. I got a two. Our video Teddy. <laughs> Man, the animated show is like one of the coolest gothic works of essentially children's entertainment that's ever been put together. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is basically horror in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Especially the ways like the villains are. Like, they oh, yeah. have got like these tragic backstories and, um, and the like. And the. Uh, they're all very kind of like sinister and gothic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we kind of jumped into the gothic element because I've been re- reading a lot of gothic literature myself this year. Mm. I've read uh, Dracula and Frankenstein. I'm reading Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at the moment. And... Jekyll, Jekyll, hi, Jekyll, hi, hi, Jekyll. Whoa. Hi, Jekyll, hi. The, the, I recently I watched the uh, Clayface episode and that mm. kind of reminded me of like a gothic monster it just felt like something I can imagine being written by Bram Stoker or Mary Shelley or something like basically science going wrong creating yeah. a monster that's like transcending humanity in like in unimaginable ways but it's set in a more contemporary yeah. setting which is in a more like uh, uh, 70s 80s setting of Gotham City basically uh, oh, what? Well, that's, well, that's the, the interesting uh, thing I found with the, the setting. Batman in? Like, I always thought of it as 1930s. Like, 1930s. Like, I think it's really uh, interesting yeah. this show. Uh, what I see it as is it's kind of like a mix. It's like kind of like it's got its own kind of feel. It's so like a mix of like the th- uh, the 30s and at the yeah. time modern day. So it's kind yeah. of like. It, well, isn't it kind of a timeless feel? So it kind of feels like the 30s and the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone lives inside. Uh, it's a mix between a film noir film, mm. uh, the uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and H.G. Uh, Wells's The Time Machine. Like yeah, it, uh, H.G. Wells it, definitely, and the um, yeah. 1950s Superman cartoon. Oh yeah, well Do that's like I think it is. It's like it's a timeless world. It's like it's almost like there's 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 no kind of modern era that it takes place in. I mean, there's zeppelins like flying around everywhere. As far as oh, I'm concerned, they're kind of like, like weird futuristic zeppelins as well. Yeah, they're like weird futuristic zeppelins, like kind of hovering over like a, a 1970s or 60s city. Um, so, so, zeppelins were around in the 30s. 
but yeah, but they, they weren't operated by policemen and stuff like that. Yeah, no, and they no. use and That's, all yeah. the um, bad guys use like Tommy guns and stuff. Um, that was part of the reason they were able to use guns in the show because I think um, Fox, to the the network who are showing it, were very much like, oh, you can't yeah, use it. Yeah. Like, they're allowed Tommy guns because like no one uses Tommy guns anymore. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can get away with the kind of old fashioned look of everything. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Like, Harvey Bullock, uh, the detective character, looks like a really fat version of. Um, Humphrey Bogart, like just he's got that exact same outfit of a big trench coat and a, a suit and a tie and a and a uh, a trilby hat. Like oh. he he looks exactly like that kind of image of the uh, you know the fat donut eating detective That's, who's on the case. I, I could just... be wrong, yeah. but I think Bullock might be one of the one of the several characters who originated in this show and carried over into the comics. Yes, Bullock, Bullock is in Gotham as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, that's the really amazing thing about Batman, the animated show, is how much of an influence it actually had on Batman yes. the co- comics, like, outside, and film. Like, it really needs to be stressed that, like, Harley Quinn, who originated on the show, has since become a movie star <laughs> and, and has her own TV show. But um, not just that, know. but I think tonally as well, the show kind of really established the identity of Batman a little bit more. Of a, yeah, kind because of a, yeah. Yeah, I think this was off the back of the Tim Burton Batman film. And yeah. Before, before the, that film came out, m- most people's public perception of Batman was... The sixties show, which is yeah. fun, but it to me it's, it's not, the, not the, it's not yeah. really Batman. It holds a special place in my heart, but it's not Batman. Well, that's, oh, the, that's the amazing thing. You know, I mentioned to my parents I'm reviewing Batman and the first thing they do is na 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 You know, it's like that's the that's the the image of Batman for them is is that kind of old um kind of kooky, campy TV show. But here we are discussing our Batman, who's this kind of like, you know, dark, grim, mysterious figure, but not as dark and miserable as he's kind of been done later on. Like Zack Snyder. Well, not not just not just Zack Snyder. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay off him a little bit. Even Christopher um, Nolan Christopher, like, Christopher Nolan yeah. is, it took took the character to really kind of like grim, dark levels to the point that we say Nolanizing something. You know, mm. when you want when you want to make something miserable, you've got to Nolanize it. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was even like moments in the cartoon that were like kind of like warm hearted, you know, and there's kind of like uplifting. Yeah. There's like the Christmas episode okay. and stuff like that. It's a horrible situation mm-hmm. where the Joker kidnaps a family. But it yeah. ends with like Robin and Batman just like watching a bloody yeah. Christmas film. Like, <laughs> Batman is not like sitting around moping over his dead parents all the time, which is what most people think of Batman. Mm, yeah. He's like he's like cracking jokes, he's like some he's like um like um bantering of Alfred. Like yeah. I'm sure he's doing this because um he wants to prevent what happened to his parents happening to anyone else. 
house, mm. but he's not fucking miserable about it all the time, <laughs> which is what which I think most people seem to think. Of, and she's like, oh, I'm bad, bad. My parents are dead, so I'm miserable all the time. Yeah, it, it's, more like, it's more like he's got like underlying mental issues rather That's, than yeah. like them being out, out on the floor. Like every single moment he needs to remind everyone that his parents are dead. Like he's pretty okay for the most yeah. part. He seems to have um, dealt with it apart from the fact that he's running around as a costume <laughs> Can we go on to Mr. Freeze quickly? Because yes. this show yeah, 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 massively yeah, changed Mr. Freeze. Because before mm. Mr. Fr- before this show, Mr. Freeze was just some dumb comic book villain from like the 50s or 60s. He just had a gun and he went around freezing people for the for <laughs> yeah. shits and giggles, basically. For shits and this giggles. Show, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin, yeah. Read the 50s yeah, this- comics. That's basically their, like every villain's MO is just they find whatever they're doing hilarious. And that's it. Yeah, this show um, basically... They gave him a tragic backstory. So basically his story is he was trying to work on the cure for his wife's terminal illness and some dickhead um, businessman shut down his thing because it's using too many company resources. And the end result is Victor Freeze now has to live in a suit to keep his body at zero degrees. I see my Nora behind the glass, begging to me with frozen eyes. How I've longed to see that look frozen on you. And he's just such a tragic character. And that backstory transferred not only over to the comics, but Batman and Robin tried to do it, but did it very badly. (laughs) The Iceman cometh. Please, show some mercy. Mercy? I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. (laughs) Yeah, they they really, yeah, every, because they tried to mix kind of the old fashioned idea of what Mr. Freeze was with this tragic backstory that the cartoon did. And of course it just didn't gel, it just didn't gel at all. No, I think that was because they got Arnie, because originally it was going to be, I think they originally wanting Patrick Stewart, which in a better Batman movie could have worked. And then when they got Arnie, they started adding in all these like stupid, I was like, well, kill the dinosaurs, the Ice Age. Yeah, like, that. That's the kind of the old fifties conception of Batman, which like that was just pun- it's just puns constantly. Which was, which the cartoon makes that fun is of why a lot. The films have gone the opposite way because everyone hated Batman and Robin. Even though, yeah. to be honest, kind I think I'd rather watch um, Batman and Robin than Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Okay, um. so shall we get on to how we discovered the show? So, so, so Rob, how did you how did you discover the show? Uh, growing up, I was somewhat aware of it because in my head, my idea of what Batman looked like while growing up was this animated version. I, I don't really have many memories of like, early memories of it growing up, but I definitely had Batman Pogs. Remember Batman? He's back in <laughs> pod form. And when I was three for my birthday, my godmother got me um, this vehicle from the show, which is called the Batsman. I don't think it actually ever appeared in the show. It's like this kind of like this wing with a ball in the middle that rotated around it. There's a figure of Batman with it, which had a green flight suit, which was interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely remember kind of watching bits and pieces but I think first time I actually watched it was when I was in 10 when I was 10 I was um, visiting some family in Ireland and there was a VHS which had two episodes on which was the Castle and the Claw two-parter I watched it a couple of times 
But it's, I don't, it wasn't something that stuck with me, probably because those two episodes aren't the highlights of Batman. Then I think when I got into my teens, I kind of um, heard whispers of how this was like a legendary show. Mm. Of um, and I really wanted to check it out. But for some reason, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't end up getting around to it until my last year of uni when I got the DVD, which had like the first 26, 28 episodes. But again, I didn't watch the whole thing until I got the Blu-ray box set a couple of years ago. The Blu-ray box set, by the way, is a thing of beauty. And it's also kind of um, annoying that very few shows get that kind of treatment. Like, a lot of animated shows over here, you've got to, like, import DVDs from America or something because there's not really a market for animated shows on DVD over here. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's definitely still tricky. I guess now we have, like, streaming services that's kind of better. But, yeah, if you want your own physical copy, um, it's a lot more... Th- it's, it's like, still pretty difficult. Yeah, I had to buy a... Was it a... Um, a Blu-ray player that played all DVD regions just to watch Reboot and Beast Wars. Mm. God, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so James, how mm. did you discover, unless there's anything else, Rob, or you're... No, that was, that was my story. That was my story. Okay, yeah, James, how, how did you discover in... Batman, the animated show? Yeah, well, truth be told, it might be multiple choice in this situation, to quote the Joker. Um, so, like, mm. basically... I think it might involve my grandma again one more time because I did, uh, when I was younger, I used to go to my grandma and granddad's house all the time. And I watched, uh, when I was a little boy, I used to watch cartoons with them all the time. Scooby-Doo and all that, you know. Um, and Batman was also on at the time. We used this thing called Freeview, I think it was called. Freeview? Oh, I don't oh know. yeah, Freeview, yeah. I think it's changed recently. It's very different from what it was back when I was a kid. Uh, mm. But basically, you can watch like little kids' shows uh for a certain amount of time basically in a day for free um and batman was on on that uh oh, i cool. also and also but then again also there was a lot of vhs tapes that my parents bought me as well so they bought me a lot of batman uh, vhs tapes and they also bought me the batman and superman movie on vhs which okay. uh, oh yeah uh, i think rob actually told me that it was like uh, actually comprised of uh, three episodes from the yeah it was um it was a um world's finest is a three part of the superman tv show they can't just combine that together to make a full-length movie that they yeah on DVD yeah or... and i had that on vhs so i had that and we also had a poster of that movie on our wall i wish i had it now to this day uh but unfortunately we lost it at some point uh down the line but yeah i also remember we had like batman pajamas and like batman like box merchandise and everything Basically, there was a lot of Batman around when I was a kid, and it's a bit hard to pinpoint where I discovered it, but it's either through mm. my parents or my grandma, I think, is the answer to that. And it was very... I enjoyed it a lot when I was a kid. How about you, Ewan? Tell us, tell us about your origins. Your, your origin story. Um, <laughs> yeah, my origin story. Well, you see, I got a vial of acid, and things went horribly <laughs> wrong when I, when I, when I experimented. And... and yeah, basically every villain, just don't go near a laboratory because something horrible is going to happen and to you. And it also um, helps if your name isn't something like Victor Von Doom because you have no <laughs> chance. You're just going to be yeah, called Yeah, don't, don't be called Victor Freeze. Don't be called um, Harley, Harlequin. <laughs> know whatever just don't be called like punny names okay so i didn't watch much batman uh when i was a kid it was like i knew it was on because we had cartoon network on uh sky tv again it wasn't i didn't have sky tv but my my grandparents had sky tv and so when i was up in uh scotland 
uh, I would sometimes watch like you know there was like there was a Sky TV Kids section and that would have like cartoon like the Cartoon Network channel and stuff. Uh, so I knew that Batman existed, but I never got to watch it because it was always I think it was a little too dark for me as a kid anyway. You know because I was watching this stuff when I was probably about like, seven or eight. Um, so my only real discovery of the cartoon was. I want to say YouTube. I want to say that it was like YouTube clips because I'd always been a big fan of um, DC. I really liked um, the Superman films with Christopher Reeve. And then I kind of got onto Batman from that. And so I, I read like the Killing Joke uh, comic book and um, you know a few other like Batman comics. And then, yeah. And then it was like, I just I don't know what it was. Someone mentioned somewhere down the line, oh, you should check out the, the cartoon. So I started just like catching clips of it on, on YouTube. And I was like, oh, this is really good. And then once I got to uni, uh, I think I, I knew it well enough that James and I were able to have a conversation about it. That's, <laughs> um, uh, I've finished your story, but I also want to bring up another story when you finished. Go, Karen. Yeah. Well, no, that that's it. I think is is oh. I. Well, I I watched kind of individual episodes over the last few years, but it's only been for this podcast that I actually sat down and watched every single episode. Which um, this... doing that in doing that in three weeks is, yeah. is surprisingly difficult, but um, I managed. So anyway, well, James, well, yeah, well, well, it's well done to you and for doing that. Actually, well done. To you. <laughs> yeah, because it took me months when I. First, but then again, when I watched it, I watched like the first thing, the first season or two. Then I watched like two seasons of Superman. Then I yeah. then I finished off Batman. Mm. But uh, the story I was going to mention is um, when I was at university. I think it was like probably second or third year. I probably third year actually. Uh, this is when I probably started talking to you. And actually, I met him properly. I think I was intoxicated in the library, um, <laughs> writing an essay or whatever. Um, and then I think no one else was there but you and so I just bumped into you and I was like you're right. I was like oh you're you I see you in my lectures how you doing and I was like yeah all right you know blah 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 and somehow at some point we started talking about Batman Beyond and I got mm. a clip up on the the computer just like with uh, Mr Freeze like in yeah, Batman I, Beyond I, I remember this so vividly it's yeah strange, it's weird it's so, it's so strange that that memory has been like planted <laughs> yeah so like I remember just coming up to you and being like hey you know like. Mr. Freeze's death was so tragic. Look at this scene, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then, also after that, uh, Ewan showed me an Orson Welles thing, apparently, about how he voice acted in the Transformers movie and how he like started <laughs> lamenting about how he voice acted a fucking planet or something like that. Oh, <laughs> something like, oh, I'm a big toy that picks on a load of smaller toys or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a wonderful quote. Uh, yeah, awesome. And well, so that that might that's like the kind of first proper memory of friendship with me and you, and I think that's like the first time we yeah, kind of interacted. That's, so. that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was talking about Batman Beyond, which is. But there you go. But yeah, so I guess that's how we first discovered Batman, and uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. So um, let... shall we talk about um, the art style? I think yes, you've kind of touched please, upon yes. it, but they drew it on black paper. Rather than a white paper, that's what I think helps give the show its like um, somewhat bleak atmosphere. And it's got, um, I think they kind of gave it its own name, which was Art Deco. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of got like a, I could say it was a mix of kind of like um, like nineteen thirties and forties with kind of like the, oh yeah the, the modern times and yeah. and it's also it's kind of like um, 
everything just looks so unique to this show and I love how square-jawed Batman looks. Mm -hmm. And again, it's that hard-boiled film noir look, you know, and yeah, it's this metropolis it's like this metropolis world yeah art deco is right it's it's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's, I mean, very batman, modern, very modernist look yeah. to everything yeah mm. batman in the show looks so cool i bought a figure of batman specifically from this show which i've displayed on one of my bookcases mm. oh brilliant well the the um yeah the intro i think is like is like kind of incredible for capturing immediately how yeah, the the style of the show and and the 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 atmosphere of the show. He's chasing down the, the two criminals and and you know that like a bank blows up. Mm. The two criminals run up 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 onto the roof and you just see Batman's silhouette at first. Yeah, um, and the whole fight is that, and you've got the wonderful uh, Danny Elfman theme. Um, it's it's absolutely incredible that that opening sequence that gets you it's, into to um, every episode. It's like an like, incredible thing about that opening sequence as well is it doesn't need to. St- doesn't have a title on it it doesn't need to you no. just see batman and you know it's it, you're like yes this is a fucking batman show yeah <laughs> yeah but the thing is what i liked about it is that they actually intensified the uh effort that was made by the animators i think in many ways mm. i mean they actually there's a bit where like batman's like kind of putting a, a, a gaze upon the villains that he's about to apprehend basically they're stealing from the bank and mm. his the, that frame of animation looks like an oil painting. It looks like it's all yeah. intensified with detail and stuff like that. And um, when you look at the animation, you mentioned he was a silhouette at one point. He moves mm. so smoothly and stuff like that. It looks a bit better than actually like the animation in the actual ep- episode. If that makes sense, it's like oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite nice. common with a lot of shows, especially kind of like 80s shows that have like these really amazing opening sequences. Yeah. And then the animation would be like really kind of like stiff. I'm like thinking, uh, even, even, I think even He Man, like the opening oh. animation, He Man, like really <laughs> no, stiff and janky. I think, I think Batman did did signal a real shift in American animation because yeah, before Batman, uh, it was stuff like He Man, where like the the character models were just so kind of like stiff and like. You know, I'm not going to rag too much on He-Man, but like, yeah, it was just <laughs> you know, It's a different era. In yeah. the 80s, most cartoons were just made because they wanted to sell toys. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think in the 90s, they kind of started to shift away from that. Yeah, and you can you can really see the kind of like the artistic love for the show. Like they, they so clearly put so much effort, not into just style, but yeah, the character designs as well. You mentioned like Batman's appearance is just wonderful. Yeah, yeah so I think I'm not sure on that the correct turn of events um, uh, might be a bit fuzzy, but I think um, the animators who did it, they, they're working on like some like like Animaniacs or I think Animaniacs came after Batman so it must be Tiny Toons they've just done Tiny Toons and then they're like yeah let's do a Batman show and uh, I think they kind of like this like kind of like um, promo like kind of like test animation for it and then I think mm. they eventually got the job wasn't it um, like, you can, was... like, you can watch a show and you can tell how much they love Batman yeah. yeah oh yeah. T- totally I mean there's the wonderful episode uh, Tales of um, the Dark Knight which uh, riffs off of uh, both the old um, uh, Bill Finger kind of like cartoon style of the of the fifties, uh, and then you have and then they riffed on uh, Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns, and you can tell like the creators of Batman the animated show like have consumed like way more Batman um, stuff than any of us have. 
you know, <laughs> they they love Batman, and you can really tell that with, yeah. with every yeah. episode. Like, so this is a good segue onto the storytelling because this is one of those shows that wait, I think. Wait, wait, before we move on to the storytelling, is there, if I mention one more thing about the art style, because I want to talk yeah, about Bruce, uh, Bruce Tim. Um, the artist uh, so basically uh, he's actually really cool because he actually as I said earlier he made, he made the uh, image of Batman as we know him today mm-hmm. he doesn't he's not qualified as an artist he's not uh, he didn't go to art school or anything like he does think about going to it and all that but at the end of the day he's actually a self-taught artist and he made mm-hmm. he's the guy that like made these amazing state like stills of animation and stuff like that and no qualifications whatsoever it's amazing. Like, I think he's really a big inspiration to, like, animate... Like, for me as an animator, anyway. Uh, I just want to point that out. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. So, so, yeah. Well, definitely, um, definitely him and uh, Paul Dini. Like, because mm. I think it was... I think it was Paul Dini who first came up with the concept for Harley Quinn. Yeah. Then, uh, But then I remember Bruce Tim like, just said... Yeah, his his like original concept wasn't great, so I improved it. <laughs> like, and then I mean, and the Harley Quinn that we know today was. Oh, was that's the thing about Harley Quinn is that she's just like kind of like she's in the first episode she's she's just a background character. Yeah, yeah. And then well, she, I think she, she was, was just in, she was just intended to be like kind of like some you know Joker's henchwoman, and then suddenly and was, like the voice well, actress did such a phenomenal job that she became so much more than that. Well, she Arlene Sorkin actually inspired. Uh, Harley, because um, she was on a TV show called Days of Our Lives, mm. um, where she played a well, she was kind of she played like a ditzy character throughout. But there was one point where um, she was dressed up as a clown. And she'd sent um, some videos over to Paul Dini because they were friends anyway, and uh, you know to watch Days of Our Lives. And at one point, he watched this episode and he and um, where she was dressed up as a clown, and he was like. Huh, that could be really fun for a Joker, like, henchwoman, yeah, like, to have a kind of clown girl uh, sidekick. They got Arlene in because they figured, well, you know, like, she originated the character. They brought her in, and yeah, it was just supposed to be, like, a one-off character, and she'd just be there for the one episode. But then, yeah. like, she did she did such a great job, they were like, oh, my God, we need to keep, like, writing for this character. So that was that was Harley Quinn. So thank you, Arlene Sorkin. You were awesome for yeah. originating so- a wonderful character. Yeah, going on to the story. Yeah, for me, sorry. I think yeah, it, this is one of those shows that I think it really started to push the envelope for what children were able to do in terms of stories. Like, mm, yeah, the storytelling it's mature and sophisticated, but not in a way that children aren't able to watch it. And it's also what I like is even if Batman wins like, most of the time, the episodes are really bittersweet because it's like the villains themselves. They're oh, yeah. so tragic that you kind of like feels like a hollow victory because it's like, like what's led the villain to go down the path they're on. It's like but, the, from the very first episode, the pilot episode with the man bat. Um, <laughs> like, even when he's cured and stuff like he's carrying him with the, the scientists. It's like, is he okay now? He says, yeah, it's fine. It's over for now. This is like the last ending statement. It's like, it's not over, is it, though? You know he's, there's something is going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I think the man bat was fine, wasn't he? Like, another, another person gets turned into a man bat, but the, that actual guy was fine. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> okay. the, 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 from a story point, like, from a chronological... No, I, I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's never, like, a happy ending. There's from a closing about. statement that, like, you're left to think, oh, what's going to happen next? Do you know what I mean? Kind think, of like I a gothic ending. The, the big ones, I think, with, like, the kind of tragic backstory is... Definitely Mr. Freeze, but also wow. um, 
I want to say both Two Face. Oh yeah, and, uh, I was going to get on to Two Face because um, Two Face and 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 Clayface yes. as well. Yeah, yeah Two Face is probably my favourite villain in the show. Just putting that out there. That's oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, his two parter kind of show. Because I think one stroke of genius was they introduced um, Harvey Dent before mm. he became Two Face. He's yeah. kind of like um, you get somewhat of an idea of who this character is like. Mm. And you see, they made him a friend of Bruce Wayne as well. So, kind of, Bruce has a, like a personal investment in that. And then, like we see at the start of the Two Face episodes, um, Harvey's got everything going for him. Like um, mm. he's doing a good job, like um, sorting out crime in the city. He's got a um, fiance who's really happy with, even though he was engaged to um, Poison Ivy a couple of episodes beforehand. That's, <laughs> no, that's fine. That was yeah. That was like a he was getting like. The, the mind control well not mind control but he yeah. was getting like you know as Poison um, Ivy has, then, her, has her ways of ensnaring men basically yeah and then yeah but then suddenly it all starts going like downhill to like the extent that like he's now got like half his face burnt off and now he's just like he's not in control like because mm. like, he had it's kind of established that um, he bottled up his anger as a kid after he accidentally punched he beat someone up mm. for bullying him or something and yeah. um, he felt so bad, and then suddenly the anger just manifested itself, and now it's just not going away. Yeah, yeah. And that, well, that's why the the coin comes into it is because he needs to flip a coin between like um, doing a good or bad thing because he's no longer capable of of making choices for himself. Basically, mm. like, yeah. Just made you think of a scene in Batman Forever where Two Face, who is a character who's <laughs> not adapted um, uh, as well as yeah. it is in the show. Yeah. Um, at one point, he just keeps flipping the coin until he gets the bad choice. He's just oh, like, oh, that's cheating. Oh. That sucks. Yeah, I don't like that. I just, yeah, like one great thing about the Batman animated show is that it really rescued a lot of these characters. <laughs> <laughs> like, even Condiments Man, uh, Condiments King gets a better shout out than some of the movies have dished out for characters. Like, oh, yeah. um, yeah, at the time the show was on, the show kind of kind of continued kind of at the same kind of dark tone, whereas the movies at the time got more and more camp, which was yeah. a, rea- a, a rea- I think an overreaction to Batman Returns because I think um, that movie was a bit. I, I like that movie, although it kind of feels like more like a Tim Burton movie that Batman just happens to be in. Mm. But like sure. um, it kind of it rubs parents the wrong way. Like uh, they had oh, to withdraw. Right. The, McDonald's had to withdraw the Happy Meal toys because parents <laughs> were like, "Oh, this is not appropriate for my kids, and you're selling Happy Meal toys to my children." And Michelle, yeah. Fight, and then, Michelle so Pfeiffer is the... hanging around in a in a leather outfit with a whip. Yeah, I can oh, see yeah, why parents. Um, I can see why parents might have had an issue. <laughs> and Danny DeVito bites someone's nose. Uh, <laughs> oh, that that seems brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing that in, sorry. Yeah. The only thing is, Danny DeVito's penguin is one of the few... I, I would say he's stronger than the, the penguin in, in the animated series. Like, I kind of wish that he... Oh, made, yeah, Penguin's first episode Danny in this DeVito. show as well. Is, is, uh, not every episode. Is, like, Penguin's first episode is the one where I think Batman gets knocked out oh, and he kid. ends up in some yeah, kid's ba- basement. <laughs> Batman in my basement. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's such a, like... It's fine. It's fine. It's a kid-friendly episode, but it's like... Okay, well, let's get on to the next story now. <laughs> yes, in the early days, even though it did do so much, they still had to deal with Fox because they were on Fox. Sure. And they had 
a lot a load of censorship requirements of them and um but I think the show for the most part was able to find ways around that mm-hmm. um and well, sometimes right. what they did just made it more effective like um think one of the big examples is they show a flashback which is the death of Robin's parents like Mm. We see them grab the rope in one shot. Then the next shot, we see that the rope has been just completely snapped. Yeah. And that is just tells us all we need to know about what happened. It's more effective yeah. than seeing them yeah. all down going, no! This is the thing, is that because of the limitations, they actually became, they came up with some really wonderful, creative, and kind of like almost iconic moments now, ways of, of getting around content that you just would not have been able yeah. to get away with it going was, to children. Yeah, it was visual was story intel- it was like visual storytelling insinuation, basically. But as you say, like Rob, with the, uh, the death of um, Robin's parents, basically, they've seen the, the, the rope kind of cut off at the end like yeah. that. You know exactly that that his parents have died basically no words are spoken in that one moment the music also plays a role like I think it like yeah. leaves a hammering note it's like wanna, vis- it's visual storytelling and audi- like audible storytelling without any verbal cues or anything it's amazing oh. Before we get on to music, well, they had censorship. Um, the new Batman adventure is kind of um, the sequel series. It's kind of like the third season, third or fourth season of Batman. Mm, um, yeah. But um, they were on a different network. They were on, I think, the kids' WB. And yeah. they've got pretty much no like limits of censorship. So we got some pretty dark shit. <laughs> got, like, um, got the one which is all about um, the Joker and Harley's relationship which even oh, sure. sh- kind of shows how abusive their relationship is it's messed up oh, man well Ma- Mad Love was an adaptation of a comic book wasn't it no I think like, the episode came first and they adapted it into a comic I, I, I want to say no I, I want to say I used to think that but then I think it was actually um, it was the other way around like Harley Going Quinn to Google <laughs> <laughs> you and your half right it was a um it was originally a comic book, but it was written um, in as a comic book for the animated series. Oh, okay, right. But yeah, so but it came. It, def- it definitely came later. I noticed it came out like a year after the new Batman. So it kind of, it was it was definitely like its own thing. Mad Love. Anyway, I think I think they were um, able to get away with the kind of the darker content because it was like a, a, a comic book on top of. Um, show because it definitely felt different to the normal show which i thought was interesting like it did it didn't feel like kind of the rest of the show tonally um that was just my my thinking and then batman beyond kind of took that bit further i think because batman beyond Mm. i'm I'm watching that at the moment and like that is quite a lot different it's a lot darker than like the uh, like the original animated series which is interesting mm. because that apparently that show started out as kind of uh, they wanted I think they wanted to make a more kid orientated Batman show and they went in the complete opposite direction <laughs> oh sure there's a lot oh, well. well there's a lot we've discussed here that I think we should unpack so first and foremost I think we should establish that Batman is actually the, 
the start, it kickstarts the uh, shared universe that's in the DC animated series, basically. Um, so, basically, the Batman universe, uh, sorry, Batman animated series kickstarts the DC universe that leads on to Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, uh, the new Batman Adventures, and also um, Static Shock, I think it's. Is and it Superman, yeah, the animated series. Shock, and, and Superman, yeah. yeah and, and also uh, Batman Beyond as well. And so, there's also the, a spin off of Batman Beyond called The Zeta Project. Yeah. And there was also a. Uh, is it Lobo? Yeah, Lobo. There was also a Flash mm. animated Lobo series that's connected somehow. Uh, basically, this is all one shared universe that all starts from the series that we're talking about right now. Yeah, um, this is pre MCU as well. Yeah, mm, Warner Brothers, uh, like Warner Brothers, despite the situation they are in now, they were very good at making shared universes at this time. I mean, Marvel oh, kind of did it as well at times. They had the um, X Men and Spider Man shows, and they also had kind of like I think they kind of had the continuity together. I mean, yeah. there's a Spider Man episode which had like um, Spider Man teaming up with like. Yeah. The X Men and and some of the Fantastic Four and yeah. stuff like that. I, I did find it funny. You were saying about you know with the the new Batman, they they could kind of escape from some of the censorship stuff. Um, I did find it funny how we suddenly got a lot more midriffs um, amongst the female characters. <laughs> Just wanted to point that out. Well, um, some of the character designs in the new animated, I, I prefer the originals because I like. Yeah. Um, I prefer a Joker's animated uh, Joker's redesign just looks a bit he silly. Like he's, he's kind of got like, the yeah. Mickey Mouse eyes. Yeah, he, yeah, doesn't, he, doesn't, he, doesn't have, he doesn't have red lips, which is really strange. I don't understand why they removed the red lips. Yeah, some of the redesigns like were okay. They it definitely looks a bit Looney Tunes esque. Yeah, yeah, and and. I felt like with the woman characters, it was very hard to tell some of them apart sometimes. Oh, when... yeah, they kind of gave them all kind of like, um, like generic kind of uh, cartoony figures, whereas yeah. um, you could yeah. clearly tell like they were like like women in their like mid-20s, early 30s in the yeah. animated series. Yeah, you could de- there was definitely more detailing going on in the original show. And, and oh, well... Like the only the only criticism I had of the original show was the fact that every single male character was built like a bodybuilder. Uh, like, didn't matter if they were Joker or Commissioner Gordon or Batman, they all had like these huge shoulders. Well, that um, has reminded me of something. Um, I'm not sure if you know of the. Um, it's kind of a tangent, but the Star Wars figures that Kenner released in like the 90s, like these were like, the first <laughs> Star Wars toys released yeah. since they stopped doing the figs in the 80s, and they're like. And then suddenly these things come out and they're all really buff. Like Snoop's cold, like fucking ripped. He's got like, he's like, you can, like, his shirt's kind of like, um, like come apart a bit so you can see like his massive pecs. Like, well, we have to put a picture in. I'll find the picture and we can put it in the um, video. Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, I was going to just draw it back a little bit with the storytelling in regards to the gothic element. Um, so I can't help but feel that this reminds me a little bit of gothic stories that you get in the 1800s or even gothic stories you get in the twilight zone you know like kind of like uh freak of the week kind of like you know what the thing is there's an element of tragedy in every uh villain's arc in the the batman cartoon show so there's an element of tragedy for clayface there's an element of tragedy for mr freeze there's even an element of tragedy for, uh, for the joker um and it's like basically it kind of reminds me of like monsters like frankenstein they all feel like frankensteins their scientific experiments gone wrong their tragedies that like before they were good people but the monster has kind of been awoken within him because of some horrible experiment that's gone horribly wrong 
and basically they become a tragedy, you know, as a result of that. Um, yeah, it's, and, it's, it's, it's and, Frankenstein yeah. and uh, Jekyll and Hyde is the other big influence. Mm. Like, you can really see that with Two-Face. And H.G. Wells' like, Invisible Man as well, I'd argue as well. Oh, oh, the, invis- the Invisible Man does feature. He has. Oh a yeah, the guy who gets, he steals a stealth suit to see, see his daughter. Yeah, it's funny. The the uh, the recent Invisible Man uh, movie is very similar to this Batman cartoon from the nineteen nineties. And again, that episode is tragic because it's like, like um, this guy he's, he's trying to see his daughter, but obviously because he's do- he's a thief. Well, he's, he's pretty. He's pretty horrible. He seems pretty horrible. He's pretty, <laughs> pretty horrible, but at the same time, it's like. Yeah, yeah. but that, that's another really cool thing is is that they oh the the biggest cause of kidnapping is uh, is usually divorced dads kidnapping their kids. So it's actually a really like it's like an actual social um, you know like social critique story. Okay, um, so really shall like. we go on to like some of our favorite episodes? Go I think it, yeah. I think Jake, no, I think James wanted to talk about uh, Clayface at one point. Oh, well, actually, sure? no, you're right. Yeah, so we can. Uh, yeah, so I was actually watching that earlier. Again, it's, he's very much like a Frankenstein character. Um, oh. That episode, I watched the two parter earlier. Um, like everything about that episode is really well done. Like yeah. from the animation for Clayface is really good. It's frightingly oh. good. Like literally, when he's doing the transformations and all that, it feels like Studio Ghibli an- animation. It feels like yeah. turn them off. You can play those roles again, Hagen. Let me help you find a cure. No, Hagen's gone. Make him stop haunting me. Uh, like, we should mention that Clayface is a, is a man who's literally like a, a clay monster. <laughs> like this is the thing. All of our praise for this wonderful character is like this weird blob of man. <laughs> but that's yeah, the thing. That's like, really, really tragic origin because he was like a natural and his face scarred and yeah. Um, so he's given this like cream that kind of like he's able to allow him to mold his face into what he wants oh. it to look like. And um, I think it's I think he has a deal with like the mob. Like um, like he's can. Uh, um, Data yeah. Prime with the stuff he does jobs for them, and then he he suddenly ends up applying way too much, and it kind of absorbs into his skin and becomes just mm. a big monster of clay. Oh, they well, they yeah. forced that. They forced the the clay on him. Yes, like, that's what that, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Bit. Yeah, that scene is horrific. Can I just say, yeah. like, they basically they basically suffocate a man. <laughs> he's literally just screaming, "No, please don't, no!" Yeah, and he's just like, like, and like, you see the, the shadows. Yeah, mouth. you see the yeah. shadow of it like happening, just like. It's just yeah, so it's horrible. It's so another moment we've come across in it doing this podcast where we're like, this is a kid's show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one thing I really loved, I mentioned the kind of social critique side of it. I love the fact that so many of like the kind of the real villains, because like we love all the cartoony villains like Mr. Freeze and um, and Clayface. But the real villains are all of these corporate businessmen who are like basically mobsters. Like you mentioned, um, uh, I think it's Roland. Is it Roland Dagger? Yeah. Um, 
uh, he was like the the mob guy who runs this pharmaceutical company that um, that turns Clayface into Clayface. And there's um, also the guy who um, he wouldn't let Mister Freeze um, work on his project to cure his wife yeah. because it's um, taking up company resources and money. So exactly, yeah. And Rupert Fawn is like the main um, mobster guy, and it's like all, and they all like run Gotham. Like these are all like the real company leaders, and they're all like horrible. And I just thought to myself, yeah, that's real life. That's normal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like these mobsters. He doesn't really sugarcoat it. Like there's even like um, there's even an episode which is kind of like it goes into like drug use and like um, big mm. one of the mobsters is um. He's like, is someone taking drugs? And is, and um, he's like, I'm going to get the guy who got him hooked. And his his wife, wife's like, it was you. Yeah. Your drugs got him hooked. Yeah. Okay. No, exactly. There was some real like um, social criticism there's going a on in the There's show. a brilliant moment in the Mister Freeze episode with um, is it Rupert Ford? Rupert Ford, you said, yeah. 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 yeah so where he gets like frozen and stuff like that by Mister Freeze, and then Batman saves the day. But also at the end, he kind of provides the evidence of his bad transgressions um mm. and basically like it ends with him just walking away as he's half frozen he's like shivering like just like mm. and, he's just, and then batman just goes like good night humanitarian oh, oh that's yeah another good point yeah. i um, just thought um i love how in the show batman gets to be a detective yeah lot of, like the films that come out like it's basically he just goes around beating up bad guys no he's a detective like, he's a there's a reason why he's called the world's greatest detective he's actually like a looking into all these things and kind of like compiling all evidence and like looking into like how to defeat them every 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 crime scene he turns up to he's always like picking up some tiny fragment or something that he notices that the cops don't notice and it's it's very sherlock holmes you know which is really cool oh yeah like Um, the first episode he's like picking up a tape that the police missed or whatever Mm. Which oh, I love! I love that. That was a. I love that. Um, we have the security guard is like recording this radio show that he's wanting to do, and then he gets attacked by uh, by oh, yeah. man and then yeah, but yeah, and that's the vital evidence is that this guy was recording it at the whole time, and yeah. they get the sound. That's the thing. But this show is not like dark and gritty all the time. It is the subject matter is dark, but it's always there's always like an element of human spirit. Like even when like the Joker, like there is like. Um, ジャックが大好きなのでジャックが大好きなのでジャックが大好きなのでジャックが大好きなのでジャックが大好きなのでジャックが大好きなのでジャックが大好きなのでジャックが大好きなのでジャックが大好きなのでジャックが大好きなの
it was a very emotional theme and it yeah, really pulls at the heartstrings, I thought. I, yeah. I actually felt really bad for it. It's it the moment when um, the, the TV screen showed that his, like, his parts and his films and all that. He's like, um, he realises who he was in the past and Batman's like, let me find you a cure. You can still play those parts, you know? And yeah, I always I always felt like Batman went a little over the line in that scene. I, I always thought that he was basically triggering this poor man. <laughs> like he was, puts all of these photos of him of like his his old face and like going, "Look at what you used to be." And he's like, "Oh god." <laughs> to be fair, he <laughs> like was he was suffocating him like seconds before that, to be fair. Oh yeah, like... no no, I no I know. I know, <laughs> but I, I do it I'm I guess the one thing I will give Robin is that I do sometimes agree um, with him that Batman's methods do go a bit too far. He does talk about Do you want to talk about Robin? I don't really want to talk about Robin. There's nothing to say about Robin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robin is lame. He ruins every episode he's in and then he becomes Nightwing so Wait. that he can be I- mopey and annoying. I like the birds, Robin, like the species of Robin. They're great. They're good uh, gardening <laughs> companions. They're lovely. Real They're life real. Robins are lovely and sweet. Gardeners best uh, I friends. don't know. I feel I feel like Robin just, he, he's, I don't know. I guess he, they included him because he was in like the old comic books and the old cartoons, but he's just so unnecessary a lot of the time because the episodes where Batman's just chatting to Alfred, um... I just like they're fine. You don't need a third wheel here, and Robin always felt like a third wheel. It's um, also Batgirl, on the other hand, is I love actually Bat- cool. I, lo- I yeah. love Batgirl. Well, Batgirl, yeah, it's cool because she she turns up and she she actually feels like a real teenager, which I really like. Because that whereas like Robin comes across as like this irritating like oh, man child. He's kind of like um, a, 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 a university student. Yeah, and he just I don't know. He doesn't he doesn't ring true to me. Whereas like Barbara Gordon as as Batgirl, like she she sneaks in and she starts doing her own kind of like detective work, and it's really fun. And like I was like, ah, oh, I, I I can relate to this. I can imagine myself. Like just sneaking around and going, yeah. you know, like as someone with no resources beyond like her own wit kind of thing. Worth she, like, she, also. she like gets into the Batgirl world. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think, uh, well, before before we move on to anything else, I do have to say, so I've kind of, I feel like we can't move on until we mention this, but you know the little kind of runner that like helps Clayface? He is oh, so yeah. badly abused by Clayface. It's mm. ridiculous. And right through the end, he's like, like really crying over him and everything. Mm. He's like, He's looking after him. He's saying like, "You can still play these parts." And like, he's just like throwing him around and shit like that. It's yeah, like... he's a bit of he's a bit of a precursor to to Harley. Like, you can see kind of see the same dynamic going on. Yeah, and like literally, the Clayface shows him no love. It's really sad. Yeah. Again, there's another there's another character who's kind of like that in that kind of the character of the kind of like the glory days. Who would take only for them to be taken away, which is um, Baby Doll. I think that's that's her name. Oh God. Oh. Baby doll creeps me out. Yeah. <laughs> is that the one that like can't grow up or whatever? Yeah, so yeah it's like, like a, a, yeah, oh, that is horrible. That is so nothing. horrible. That ending <sighs> literally depresses the hell out of me. Oh, <laughs> he just starts crying. Yeah, oh, yeah, really yeah basically, the plot of the episode is um, she was a child star and she, but then um, I think her show got cancelled, but she oh. stays kind of like in the body of a. Um, of a like, like, a, like a toddler, like a toddler, yeah. And then uh, the episode she's in, 
she's going around kidnapping all the like, stars from her old show, trying to recreate the show, and it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of episodes with kind of messed up actors, which I quite like. It's the bit yeah, where she's okay. looking at the mirror, seeing herself as like a fully formed oh. adult, and oh, she's just the crying. Well, this is not the hall of mirrors. She's just shooting all the mirrors, and then she just starts crying, and then Batman takes her in. I've really got to ask: How does circuses still exist in a world with the Joker on it? Like, if I, if there was one thing I would not want to be anywhere near in Gotham is anything clown related. I just want to stay away from it. Like fun oh. fairs, circuses, that that whole business would be dead in Gotham. It reminds like, me of the Joker um, comes even, even in Batman Forever. There's like a. Um, Circus, and then um, Two Face kidnaps Ringleader and takes his place, and then rigs the place to blow the bomb. At least in that world, like the Joker had been killed off, so it's like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. like, there, there aren't any more evil clowns. But like, oh, the Joker's always running around, and he's always doing clown themed stuff. It's like they they have a birthday clown turn up to a little kid's birthday party. I think it's like the mayor's son, and like, and then the Joker did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It turns out it's the Joker and he kidnaps him. And I'm like, don't let clowns exist anymore. Like, the Joker clowns has are ru- fucking scary anyway. <laughs> He's ruined clowns for everyone. Like, to be know, fair, what, why, what's the whole appeal of, like, clowns? I don't understand. Like, they, they, yeah. look, they look, like, they oh, look I love, ill. I love, they look... I, love, I love clowns. I think like, everything about for, clowns. For, for comedic or like horror purposes, both. Oh, I love slapstick and I love horror clowns. Like I think that okay. both, they both have their place. I'll just remember because a couple years ago there was a trend. Of, I don't know how. I think it was a promo for that it film. Uh, people dressing up as clowns and chasing oh, people. Yeah. Shall we go on to voice acting? Yeah, let's oh, go on then. Yeah, oh, we're doing voice uh, acting. Fish, That's what we're gonna I think, um, two prominent roles who have been so influential as these characters. They've gone on to voice them in like the Arkham games and even like other like the DC animated movies. We've got um, Kevin Conroy as Batman doing like the perfect he's kind of perfectly balances the Bruce Wayne and the Batman because they're kind of like two or three separate entities mm. depending on how you look at it. Because there's um the um there's a like the billionaire playboy side which is the side he shows to the world. It's kind mm. of like the Batman side. Yeah. And then there's the real like Bruce Wayne, who's the side that only like Alfred knows or yeah. who Robin knows. Yeah. And then we've got Mark Hamill, aka Luke Skywalker, who's voicing the Joker. Yeah. May the floss be with you, is a line he says in the Batman animated show, which just made me chuckle. <laughs> it implies that Star Wars exists in, in the in the Batman universe. Yeah, but I think what's mad is it was nearly Tim Curry as the Joker. But I, I, I can't remember the exact reason why they went with Mark Hamill instead, but I'm glad they went with Mark Hamill because as much as Tim Curry would have been great, Mark's just got that perfect Joker voice. Yeah, no, mm. it's, it's it's really iconic now. Like, yeah. just, I mean, I think it's the laugh. I think it's the fact that he gave every single laugh the Joker has has its, like, its own... It's related to the moment. He has, like, a sad laugh and a happy laugh and a, a, an irritated laugh. Like, oh, yeah, and you can tell when he's, real um, he's, kind of, he's, he's fading the sadness. He's like, oh, what a shame, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that wonderful episode um, where some poor schlub, like, accident... Well, they think he accidentally killed Batman and uh, the Joker kidnaps this guy and, like, they hold a funeral for for Batman and he's like, without Batman, crime has no punchline. And it's, like, this really sad, sorrowful little funeral for Batman and then he just ends it with, like, it's up for Chinese. 
there's goes another off, brilliant you know. um, that, um, Joker episode where I think um, some guy accidentally badmouths the Joker while he's um, driving in traffic, and then mm. the Joker kind of just like follows him home and like over him. Like, yeah, Joker's like, um, yeah, yeah. Again, well, like, the first appearance of Harley Quinn. Yes, it was the first episode. Yeah, um, no, that's a great one. Where yeah, like it's just this, this love, like just flips off the Joker, not realizing it's the Joker, and then the Joker like runs him off the road and says like, Ah, you see, I'm gonna, if, I'll I'll let you live for now, but you've got to you've got to do a favor for me in in X amount of years, and it, it's it's wonderful. He like turns up five years later or something. <laughs> the the guy is in like witness protection, and he's still managed to like track him down. He's like, I need you to do this thing for me. Oh, it's and, you can, and you can tell that the Joker is loving every moment that he's tormenting this mm. poor guy who just <laughs> exactly. me yeah. driving the same road as the Joker. Oh, I've been you've been my pet project for these last few years. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The killing joke was kind of the thing that changed the Joker in, in like the popular perspective. Or like the Jack Nicholson Joker in, in the Batman movie, but like you know, most people's perception of, of the Joker was still, like, the old cartoon and um, 60s TV show. So it's, like, yeah, it's crazy how, like, Mark Hamill's performance has just completely shifted the way most people see the Joker now, mm. where, like, he's he's one side, he is funny and clownish, but there are moments where, like, the, the, the mask slips you really just see the kind of angry, angry yeah the angry nasty piece of work that he really is you like know? in Mad Love we get we see like him abusing Harley and it's like yeah, yeah. it's really and there's it's like, like um, you, you see like how broken Harley is but she can't help but go back to him all the time yeah no exactly she she's obsessed with him she's you know like at first she's like almost like a fangirl like really yeah, at it's, first and it's really tragic because she signed out as his um, kind of like psychiatrist in um, Arkham yeah. and then as she started talk, she continued talking to him she slowly began falling in love with him and it kind of just drove her insane yeah well it's all deliberate manipulation by the joker like he, yeah he like he leaves her a flower you know and then at the end of mad love after like he's like after he pushes her out of a window and she's thinking to herself like oh i'm not you know i'm not going to deal with the joker ever again he's such a manipulative nasty piece of work and then like she just turns around and she sees a little flower with a note saying get well soon uh jay and she's like oh he's such an angel you know like he knows how to twist her in the perfect way which is why it's so stupid when we see all the people things around the time suicides will come out all these people People reading stuff like Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want a relationship like Joker and Harley Quinn. It's like, no, you do not want that. No. You have a poor understanding of these characters if you want that relationship. I want want a relationship. I want to be the Talia to, to Batman. (laughs) <laughs> that's my that's the that's my relationship couple's goals. Is uh, that Talia? Talia Al Ghul and uh, and Batman. Oh. They, they have a bit of a, they have a bit of a fling. Well, oh, um, in which truth, I in truth, can I just say, Harley Quinn and uh, Poison Ivy, they yes. have a good thing going on, and I think they should keep it up. Uh, you know, it, just there's, oh, there's, there's one that they kind of just go rogue. They just kind of mm. like. 
Harley's just like fuck the Joker and just goes off with um, Ivy for like yeah. an episode. That, that, that is episode a- is responsible for basically yeah like so much Ivy and and uh, Harley team ups. Like the Harley Quinn show is literally is basically the Ivy and Har- Harley show. Like it's it's just a big continuation of that one episode <laughs> from the animated show, it's which like, is amazing. One, yeah, I think one moment in that episode that sounds I think so iconic. I think most people know this moment. Like um. I've done um, um, this this car that's like cat, full of guys and they're like cat calling like Joker and Harley and Harley just pulls out a bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're cat calling and she just pulls it out and just and blows up the car. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, and that but that's that's another brilliant thing is that dynamic where like Harley is obviously manipulated and she's got this kind of girlfriend in Ivy who keeps telling her like oh my god because Ivy's always been the kind of like independent like feminist girl you know like who's always told men to go fuck themselves I guess when whenever they try to pull any shit with her mm-hmm. and um and you that's why her relationship with Harley is so much fun because she's like trying desperately to instill some independence in Harley and Harley's just like oh Mr. J you know yeah. <laughs> she, she can never get it out of her head and it's like oh for, and it's just Ivy's just driven nuts oh, by her so it's great like even in the Arkham games like um the Joker at one point, I think um, Harley messes up, I think, and then Joker just leaves her. Oh and yeah. And then she it does and that. Then all Bat- the time. <laughs> and she's so hurt that like um, Bat- she actually um, tells Batman what what he needs to know to um, uh, how to find Joker. She she does that in the episode uh, Har- Harlequinade. Um, that's a brilliant one where they they enlist the help of, of Harley to try and uh, find ba- find the Joker because the Joker's um, stolen an atomic bomb. Um, so they need they need her help to find him and um, and we yeah that was another great episode where we kind of got more more of a fleshed out look at what Harley's like on her own like away from the Joker um, when she's yeah and, and like the thing is she can hold her own she is her own villain it's and um, it's just it's just uh, she keeps being pulled back by the Joker who knows how to. Oh, her strings, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, <laughs> another favourite episode I want to highlight is one um, called Almost Gotten. It is ju- it's basically the whole plot of the episode is all these iconic villains that you've seen throughout the show mm. sitting around the table talking about the time they almost got Batman. It's so fun seeing all these different villains interacting with each other. Yeah. And <laughs> even as a bit popular, what was his name? Killer Croc. Yeah. The story, and he's just like, um, I threw a rock at him, and then all the villains are just looking like him, like, really? And he's like, it was a big rock. It's the yeah. fact that they don't—they don't even respond. They literally just change the conversation. <laughs> like, and and but then really, at the end, you really find mean. out. It's, um, then at the very end, you find out it wasn't Killer Croc after all. It was just Batman dressed Batman up as Killer Croc in disguise. Yeah. Um, no, I love. Uh, I love that little that moment, and I love um, Two Face like tried to steal like a giant coin from the bank, and uh, Poison Ivy's like, "So what happened to that to that coin?" And and they're like, and Two Face is like, "They let Batman keep it." He's <laughs> so, so looking for a like little telescope or whatever, or, like or like a forensic scope rather. And he's just like, "There's a little coin behind it." That Alfred's just polishing. He's like, "They let him oh, keep it." It's a giant <laughs> coin. 
It was a giant coin. Yeah, so, yeah it was yeah. a giant coin, yeah. Um, he, um, I think in um, Two-Face's segment, he ties Batman to the coin. Yes, he does, yeah. <laughs> and he, like, flips it on a, on a catapult. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, his almost got him moment. Um, I really love... Um, I love Mad Hatter. I, I want to, like... Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's fun. He's got really? a fun... And he's kind of... He, again, he's kind of tragic. He's like... Um, uh, he's, ah, he's very, he's, like, he's, <laughs> he's very uh, creepy. Yeah. He's your typical Reddit incel as well. Like he's yeah, kind of like, uh, he's obsessed with like a coworker. Yeah, he, just because, just because he's obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. There's this girl mm. called Alice with blonde hair. And he's like, oh, she's like Alice from Alice in Wonderland. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like vo- vo- voiced by um, Lucy from Twin Peaks, which is cool. The man uh, himself is Roddy McDowell, who was, um, he was in, um, in Planet of the Apes and he was in A Bug's Life. Yes, he was. Those yeah. other things. He was in um, uh, Fright Night, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Mad Hatter, I just think he, I love the fact that like, there's even one episode. So his whole thing is mind control. And there's, uh, there's one episode. Oh, where, I know the um, one you're talking about. Is it Perchance a Dream? That's amazing. I wasn't thinking of that one, but yeah, that's that's great. And yeah, that's another favorite right. one. So, Batman. what happens it is um, basically Batman. So Bruce Wayne, he wakes up in this world where he like he's where he was never Batman. Someone else, some other guy is Batman, and like he's got one of the perfect life. His parents are still alive, and um, and um, he's married. He's engaged to Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman. Although I'm not sure he's Catwoman in this universe, yes, and yeah. he's. He's like trying to find like all these holes. Like, is he's kind of like the, the tragic thing is like his life's perfect, but he's kind of bored. He's kind of looking for like 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 for the back cave and stuff. And then it's funny because like he works out he's dreaming because he reads like a newspaper and like all the letters are all jumbled yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Well, he realizes that um, reading and writing is on one side of the brain, but dreaming is on the other side. Yeah, which... and he realizes that that's the. Um hiccup in this in this false reality that's been created is that yeah. writing doesn't exist and it turns out it was a mad hatter behind it all yeah right. well they, i really love um the look of that episode because they make the, the dream world looks like uh sorry this is me being a film geek but um it's very referencing it references um the cabinet of dr caligari which is an old um 1920s uh horror film like a, an old silent film where like the sets we'll get a picture of it the sets and uh look of everything was the idea was that it was like kind of like a damaged psyche like a mind that um is kind of all messed up and and it was just really cool watching that episode and going oh my god they're referencing caligari <laughs> like this old 20s um film but yeah, what was the man that's episode you were thinking of Oh yeah, the other one I was thinking of was um, well, like I said, it was he. His whole thing is mind control. I was thinking of there was an episode where the Joker stole uh, the Mad Hatter's mind control stuff to make people think that it was the Mad Hatter, but it was actually Joker. And I just like the fact that sometimes the villains use each other in that way, where they'll, they'll leave false clues for for their enemies. Um, so, so I really like that. Oh, cool. Okay. Sh- um, we've not talked, spoken about um, Scarecrow yet, have we? No, no. no. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, in the show. I think the, in the first episode he's in, he's kind of he, he's got this really lame design. He's just got a bag on his. I head. like that. <laughs> I like that design. I, I, like, I, I like Scarecrow when he's kind of looks a bit more intimidating. And while some of the redesigns in the new Batman Adventures are a bit hit and miss, but um, it, 
Scarecrow's design looks fucking terrifying in um, the... <laughs> Well, the trouble in, is, in for me, I don't know, maybe it's just because I watched Nightmare Before Christmas quite recently, but, like, he looks just like a, a character out of Halloween Town. He looks like a... He does, yeah. It looks like he's going to pull, like, like a pumpkin hat or something like that and sing a song or something. It's brilliant. I like his design there. Scarecrow, in the new Batman series, he results in another really great um, alternate reality one with um, Batgirl um, dreaming, like, her worst nightmare which is really cool, um, where, oh, like, yeah. Commissioner Gordon turns against Batman and there's, like, a big manhunt for... for oh, like, they immediately oh, find oh, out oh, Bruce Wayne's I know identity. what you mean. It's because, yeah. um, was it, Batgirl dies at like, the very start and you're like... Yeah. Whole episode, you're like, what the fuck? What's going on? What's going on? It's really yeah. tense. And then at the end, you find... Being, most of the time when it's like, it was all a dream, you're just like, oh, what a cop-out. But, but sometimes ah, it was, it was really cool. cool. Was really well, cool. I like. I like that. Um, could, like, it's a note in that point because when we get to reboots, there is a certain <laughs> episode like that. With Batman, I don't mind like stuff being it was all a dream because the whole show is about like the psychological. You know, like all of the villains go to an go to a an insane asylum at the end, Arkham Asylum. You know, it's all to do with disturbed minds and and what's going on in your head. And and so yeah, like that's the having an ending where it's like oh it's all a dream it's fine because the whole point of the show is is everyone's like, like mental problems I guess yeah <laughs> and there is even an episode where Batman himself goes to Ark and he gets locked in a cell yeah exactly you know um, what was that what episode was that that was um, who was he I, fighting in that one I think was it, was a, it, it was a Scarecrow one that's the name of the episode yeah, yeah no, of, he, he was suffering panic attacks, wasn't he? Should we also talk about the soundtrack as well while we're at it? Because the uh, that's something we haven't really touched upon too much, I don't think. Um, like, the soundtrack in the, the original animated series is amazing. Like, uh, the thing is, with Warner Brothers, I think they actually had access to a good sort of sound team mm. or something. Like a yeah, good... I think it... Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was um, Shirley Walker who did the music yeah. and... Um... She did a fantastic job. Even though the theme was like, um, I think an unused Danny Elfman piece from the yeah, movie. Yeah, it was. That was the original theme. But yeah, no, she she did the rest of the thing with with like it was sounds like a full a full orchestra. Like it, yeah. it, it's like yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, like, know, I know what you mean. Superhero cartoons before that didn't really have that. though. It was just normally no. kind of like da 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 da. You know, it's like kind of some something <laughs> jazzy and a bit more kind of upbeat. Whereas this was a full orchestra. Do you know what I mean? It kind of felt. It felt like from the. When you, from the art style and the orchestra, it wasn't a superhero show they were going for. It was it was going for something else. It was going for something more gothic, as we've previously discussed. It was like yeah. With, it was, with, with Batman, Mark of Mask of the Phantasm, they uh, they shelled out for uh, for a choir. So like, oh yeah, that you, you hear you hear the same. Uh, I was yeah, literally uh, thinking of Mask of the Phantasm, but, it, but it's like it's amazing. That's the thing. This movie spawned, no, no, this, this show spawns Batman Master of the Phantasm, which I think is possibly my favourite comic book superhero movie of all time. Mm. We won't discuss it too much here just because. It, it'll get its own episode. It, yeah, it needs yeah. its own episode to do it justice. But it's just like, well, Batman Beyond will get its own episode, Superman yeah. will eventually get its own episode, and so will Justice League. Oh, oh did we want to talk about favourite episodes then? Um, for me, I'd say the Two Face Two part, which I kind of already elaborated on. I just love how it starts with Two Face being on top, pretty much on top of the world, and then 
slowly sliding down until like he's just an irredeemable monster. Mm. I don't know if he's irredeemable. Oh, like, some, some mostly irredeemable. Oh no, he's he's he just needs help is the problem. Like he, he but he's just refusing to, to get it. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he 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 is refusing to get it because half of his personality is is refuses whereas the other half does attempt it occasionally yeah it was an episode where he attempts to get treatment but then yeah. the other half just fucks everything up yeah he, he kidnaps himself <laughs> <laughs> which of course he did I was literally I, I knew that twist was coming like they're going oh my god who kidnapped um, uh, Harvey Dent and of course it was Two-Face who, who kidnapped Harvey Dent because he didn't want to be Harvey Dent again no it's it's brilliant like, that, that, that dual personality story is, is wonderful what's your favourite uh, Jane, Jane. oh I was going to ask oh. you yeah, yeah what's, your, what's your favourite uh, set of episodes yeah my favourite episode is um, it's a bit of an oddball one because it doesn't have any of the main villains in it but my favourite episode is uh, Beware the Grey Ghost which I wanted to highlight Oh yes, is, I know that's a great one. So that so that starts with um, Batman. Well, like it's little little kid little kid Bruce is watching this his favorite TV show, The Grey Ghost. Um, oh, which yeah. uh, and then years later we cut to um, a bunch of crimes start happening, and they're all exactly like this one episode from The Grey Ghost. The Mad um, Bomber. And, yeah, the mad bomber, and it's and it, you know you can imagine it's like old nineteen forties, like you know, um, uh, will uh, will the uh, the grey ghost find the mad bomber before they can finish their nefarious schemes, you know, and um, and so Batman goes because the original copies of the of the TV show have been long since lost, which was a very normal thing to happen with old uh, film reels. Uh, so he has to go find the original actor of the grey ghost, who's voiced by Adam West. Original '60s Batman, mm. um, who's who's sick of having people come up to him asking him to do great ghost-related stuff, <laughs> which I just thought was a wonderful little nod to Adam West's entire and, career. Probably. And then at the very, I love the bit at the end where um, he's just embracing it, and um, yeah. he's already been to the Batcave and seen that um, Batman was inspired by um, the Grey Ghost. That, that's the um, hilarious. And then at the very. Yeah, at the very end, um, Batman, I think Bruce Wayne goes up to get his um, biggest copy, VHS copy or whatever, of The Grey yeah. Ghost signed. And he's like, you know, I used to watch The Grey Ghost with my father. He was my hero. And mm. it's, and in a way, it's kind of like, yeah. I'll... That's his little clue to The the Grey Ghost that he's, he's Batman. Because he'd said something similar to him earlier. Um, when he said the Grey Ghost was his hero, you know, so it's like a little nod. But no, I, I really love there's a moment when Batman finally is able to rewatch the episode and he sees the Grey Ghost pl- uh, driving around in a car that looks suspiciously like the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. And oh, he's yeah. just going, oh my God. <laughs> like he's internalized all of it. Um, and it's also and, like he, know, um, when he's watching the episode, he kind of like gets out of his giving like a bucket of popcorn. He's suddenly like he's a kid yeah. again. Oh, it's really cute. And, um, what I loved as well was the Grey Ghost. He seemed to be a... Because I know the Shadow is still an ongoing character, but the Shadow was an old character who inspired um, Batman back in the... God, in the 30s. And, uh, like, the Shadow was such a big character in those days. He was actually voiced by Orson Welles on a radio show. Um, but I just really loved the fact that the Grey Ghost looked a lot like the Shadow because that made sense, was the, you know, that... The shadow was kind of the precursor to um, to the Batman comics, 
Um, so I just wanted to bring that up because I thought there was some really wonderful kind of intertextual levels going on in that episode with Adam West and everyone else. But yeah, so James, what's your favourite episode? Sorry, sipping beer. <laughs> <laughs> that bang in. Wait, 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 sorry, say again. What did you say? I was saying, is that saying in? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely saying. <laughs> um, so my favorite episodes are the play. It's a two part. It's the Clayface episode. So that whole thing is like it's like a gothic story. It feels like mm. I mean again, and I, plus I, it's got Ron Perlman in. Yeah, he got it's got Hellboy in it. It's got Hellboy in it. That's <laughs> the undeniable. But to be honest, I read Frankenstein earlier this year, and I kind of felt like it was it almost upped it in terms of its tragedy tragic elements you know and it's fantastical oh. elements it kind of felt like it's on par with Mary Shelley's writing in a way that script for that uh, particular episode mm. um, and also the music as we discussed earlier really made it work you know when it, mm. all the screens were kind of showing up and sort of like showing uh, the character who he was before before he became the monster as he were um, mm. I don't know it was it really I actually felt really moved by that episode. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. a really sad one. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, there's like a lot of tearjackers. Like, yeah, a lot of these episodes are, even though Batman wins, they are still very tragic and bittersweet. Yeah. There's, there's very few, like the, the, the villains that have stuck, stuck with us the most, for the most part, um, are the ones with the tragic backstories, I think. Like Mr. Freeze, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people who've, you know, people have really related to him a lot which is interesting as, as you said because Mr. Freeze that, when he was first conceived was just a joke character um, so it's kind of incredible how they how they transform these characters mm. uh, oh and uh, again mm. before we kind of wrap things up um, fa- favourite villains on, on that note um, um, guys Two-Face um, I don't know yeah. what it is about Two-Face um, I mean I would say the joke but this is a bit of an obvious answer but I think Two-Face just the tragedy of his backstory as well and also kind of like his um like his origins as well and how he was kind of like a um he was a kind of an ally to Batman who yeah. then suddenly just had everything stripped away from him yeah. it's, I, it's just so cool yeah no it's a great it's it's a great like backstory especially like I I was watching when I watched all of the Batman episodes I watched them in their original airing um, order rather than like their production order, which is really cool because you saw they they re- kind of structured it in a way where you really saw Harvey Dent a lot. Like Harvey Dent turns up loads, and then you get to like it, yeah. you know they kind they kind of built him up, um, and then and then of course you you have the Two Face story. So I was really getting yeah. it. I was like, oh man, Harvey, this guy's really cool. And then it's like, oh no. <laughs> I could Poor be slightly Harvey. biased because my favorite Batman comic is The Long Halloween, which is which the, the lead up, the that story builds up to Harvey then becoming Two Face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, that's a great comic as well, actually. What's your favorite um, villain, uh, Ewan? I'm, I, I'm gonna after watching all of these episodes recently I think I've decided my favorite ep- my favorite villain um, unexpectedly I think was well I don't know I actually really like I'm gonna go with two villains I don't know if that's cheating that's fine it's kind of it's kind of for similar reasons um, but I well first the, the more obvious choice is Poison Ivy 
Um, I've realized that I don't disagree with anything Poison Ivy does. I think she's completely in the right morally. Uh, <laughs> like her whole thing is saving plants and saving the environment and, and, and using some rather um, questionable means <laughs> of doing it. There's an episode where she like kidnaps a bunch of billionaires and, and turns them into trees. And I, the whole time I was just thinking, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Is that the, um, I think there's another one. She's is that I'm not sure if it's the same one or not. Where she's building up like, pod babies or something. Yes, this is the thing. They get super dark, way more dark um, with Poison Ivy than with any other character. I think where she like yeah, she grows these um, plants children that then melt like three days later. It's horrific. <laughs> like, and she's like, my plant babies. And her whole thing is, yeah, she's like this, you know, wonderful femme fatale character, like the classic femme fatale, like her and Catwoman, uh, that kind of character. But like, obviously, Poison Ivy is more specifically villainous. And, um, and you know, because she has like the famous seduction kiss where she kisses someone and, and mm. that, that gives her the mind control power over them. Um, no, so Poison Ivy's great. And, and there's a later episode as well when she gets a bunch of uh, rich people to to marry um, these spouses who, who all turn out to be, again, like homegrown plant people that she's created. And her plan was that they would all marry and then she'd kill off all of the, um, all of the, the billionaires and then all of the spouses would inherit their wealth. Um, so, yeah, Poison Ivy's great. I have a one, and this is a real oddball one, but it was why I was looking up how to pronounce his name earlier, um, is Raz al Ghul. Um, Raz is really cool, and it is Raz. I don't care what the cartoon says, it's not Raish. It's Raz al Ghul. I mean, I used to be into Arrow, and Raz al Ghul was like um, one of the main villains in okay. Arrow. I mean, so they, they say his name correctly. That's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, the problem is, is that it's an Arabic name and the pronunciation in Arabic is Raz al Ghul. It's, it's the demon's head. It's a, that's yeah. the translation. It's been years um, since I watched Batman Begins, but I think that might have been Raz al Ghul as well. Yeah, it was Raz al Ghul in that. I don't know why the cartoon they say Raish, but yeah, there's a, there's a moment when Raz is saying to, um, saying to Batman, they're like driving along, and he's saying, most of the rainforest is being destroyed. Industrialists like you, Bruce Wayne, have a lot to answer for. And I was like, oh my God, Raz, please continue. <laughs> like, they, they came up with this kind of like nonsense plan for him, which like annoyed me because I was thinking like, yeah, he's like this eco-terrorist. But like, I don't know, the, the, the stuff they get him to do ultimately in the cartoon, I was kind of disappointed by. But like... Just the concept of, of this really like ancient uh, character who's been around for years and has been influencing things for centuries, I, I thought was really cool. Uh, and the Lazarus Pit is a cool concept as well. Mm. The idea that it, it like kind of drives you insane um, every time you use it, but it prolongs your life. Oh, yeah, they, they use that in Arrow. I mean, I stopped watching oh, yeah. those DC shows because... They went a bit off the rails for me, mm. but um, they in the early days, I think they were they were pretty good. Uh, and uh, uh, James, what, who, who's your favourite villain? You can apparently you can say multiple villains now because I've just said multiple villains, and Rob said multiple villains as well with with uh, Two Face. I'm just gonna be like a real cliche and just say the Joker. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. Why do you why do you like the Joker, James? I mean, what a, a, we've we've listed a million, but like. 
you, you can list a million more probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I just, I mean, Mark Hamill does a fantastic job with the Joker. He is really charming. He's somewhere between sinister and funny. I don't know. Every episode I've watched the Joker in, I haven't not enjoyed. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, so I think he's a really good villain and. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, probably, it's a little bit simple, sorry, but... I, I, no, 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 you're right, though. Like, the Joker, I think one of the reasons why Mark Hamill's Joker has had the impact he's had is because every episode he had has become a classic. Yeah. Like, there, there's no episode... There's no, like, ad Joker episode. Like, they're all great. Like, yeah. you can sit and, down and watch all of them. Him and Kevin Conroy are so great that they bought them back for other things, like most notably the Arkham games, but also the DC animated movies. Like, um, mm. I think the, the, the Killing Joke, that, that is Kevin Conroy and Mark. Yeah. Might have had Mark Hamill. Yeah. There's a brilliant moment in um, a, a newer Batman cartoon. It's not the same cartoon we're talking about now. Uh, it's called. Um, oh, what is it called? Um, the Beware the Batman. No, it's not Beware the Batman. It came before that. It's a bit more silly. Um, the brave and bold Batman yeah but basically Batman there's, there's actually a serious episode in this rather ridiculous show um, another one um, I think it's one of the only episodes I've seen um, Chill of the Night is it the one where he confronts basically the killer of his parents he can confront yes and they've also got I think they've got Kevin Conroy and yes. uh, Mark Hamill to avoid yeah. um, kind of like the, they're basically the names, but kind of like the um Spirit of um, justice, spirit of vengeance. Yeah, basically the DC deities that like uh, hover up across his shoulders, basically, and they're kind of the 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 angel and devil of his shoulders, basically. He is beaten. Let your devotion to justice temper your rage. He took your parents, ruined your life. Fulfill your destiny. Become what you have trained to be. An agent of vengeance. He knows who you are. If this man lives, Batman dies. Batman may die, but Bruce Wayne... Never. Um, and they're voice acted by Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and it's a real homage to the original show which I thought was really cool I'm going to edit in because it's, it's really nice but um, I just thought I'd just put it out but yeah oh that, that's great yeah mm. oh I think we've we've done a good job like um, honestly there's, there's there's so much we could talk about but we we should probably wrap things up yeah. because it's like uh... I, yeah, I could I could keep going. I really want to yeah, talk we, about the Cock King. There's a whole bunch of things I want to talk about. Yeah, we, we'll... oh, we don't want it to be another, like, two-part agenda <laughs> to spend ages editing. So, yeah. Yeah. on that note... <laughs> Sorry, Karen. <laughs> so, on that, on that note, um, you can follow us on our social media pages. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at BluecastPod. And we also have an email address, which is bluecast.outlook.com. So, please... Send us any feedback you you have, and like any suggestions for any future episodes. Like there's, we have a long list, but there might be things we've not thought of. And we're also on, I think, so, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
please give, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Yeah, and also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Listen yeah. to us on everything, basically. And <laughs> next time is our the X-Men episode, which was going to be this one, which has already been recorded, just needs editing. Basically, yeah, basically I need to crack on. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, my fault, my it's, bad. So we hope you all have a fantastic Halloween and we will see you next time. Happy Halloween, everyone. (laughs) Oh, hell.